welcome to the Holy Week podcast for Vineyard Church. You can catch new episodes here every day this week, April 10th through the 16th. Now, here's Aaron and Lindsay. Well, hey folks, uh, this is Aaron. I'm here with my friend Lindsay. Hello. And it is Holy Tuesday. And as we continue to march through Holy Week, um, the text uh, today is John 12, verses 20 to 36. And Lindsay, you and I were discussing how certain texts have a way of really drawing you in. You feel almost sucked in, into the story. And um, that's, I think, the work of the, the Lord. I think it's the power of just good writing. Um, and this is one of those texts where I, I just feel drawn into the story because this is where Jesus explains, one of many times he explains clearly um, that he is soon to die, that he will, he will give his life and suffer profoundly. And I, when I imagine that, I am drawn into the story. What would it be like to hear my Lord, my Savior, my hero, my champion, my hope, looking me in the eye and saying, this ends soon. I'm, I'm going to suffer and die. Um, I, I just can't imagine what it would be like to be there in that moment. Yeah, I, I think that too. And hear something like... Um fruit comes from death and, and that just not really like resonating. And, um, and so right. one of the things that I think is a good practice on a Holy Tuesday is, um, to spend time in, I don't know, for lack of a better word, solemn imagination mm-hmm. of this text in this passage. And so, um, you've heard me say this, I say this a lot, that one of my, uh, kind of beefs with the church in general is that um, a lot of times we uh, say, "Oh, you should do this," uh, or "Or here, let us do this for you." But rarely do we say, "This is how you do this. This is how you read the Bible. This is how you get into a text." And so it feels very Holy Tuesday to me that we would um, talk about this. And so there's a way of reading the Bible imaginatively that you and I both have benefited from mm-hmm. that I want to talk about. Yeah, and I think you're right that. Oh, the church does have a tendency, and I, I say the church like I'm not part of it. Me too, as a pastor, I have a tendency to say, you know, pray and read your Bible, pray and read your Bible. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's like, yeah, I'll go do that. And for other people, it's like, what do you, how do you even begin t- to do that? Like, what part, and how do I do that, and what is prayer? And sometimes we don't, we don't paint the clearest picture around those things. And once again, historically, the church has addressed these things. We're not the first to come to these issues. We're not the, the first to fail to explain things clearly. And that's where things like Lectio Divina have, have come along and really served the church and you and I really, really well. Why don't you, why don't you take a second and tell yeah. us what it is? So uh, Lectio Divina um, for me was, um, it's just, I don't know, I think it's Latin. Do you know where it comes from? Ah. Well, Cricket sound. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere great. Uh, but but Lectio, uh, years ago, someone uh, taught me how to read the Bible this way. And I mean, I'm really, I don't, I, you know, I can be a little uh, hyperbolic at times. But I, I be- this really changed things for me. It changed the way that I uh, engaged the Bible. It changed the way I saw the scriptures. And so essentially, it's just like four steps of reading uh, the Bible. Uh, well, and let me interrupt you. Yeah. Um, Lectio Divina means what? 
Oh, it means divine reading. Mm, I like that. Which sounds great. I want to do that. (laughs) Um, So uh, four steps. The first step is simply just to read it. That you would just go through, read the scripture uh, that you're looking at. So today, John 12, 20 through 36, uh, read it from start to finish. Uh, The second step, uh, and as you read, you kind of listen to see if there's anything that's going to bubble up in your heart. Maybe like a a word, sometimes it's a phrase, just something that stands out to you. Yeah, it feels like the Lord pulled out his highlighter and something something grabs your attention. Yes. That's great. Uh, And then the second step is uh, uh, reflecting. It's just sort of meditating on the passage. And so you'd go back and read it a second time. I honestly think that this is the step that changed things for me is I learned um, that I could put myself in the scriptures in a whole different way when I read them a second time. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's so funny that step one is read it. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's how you read the Bible. You read it. But for so many people, they either skip that step or or they do that and then they're done. It's like, well, I read it. My mind wasn't blown and I was told the Bible would melt my face off every time I opened it. And it's like, well, did you spend a minute with it? Did, yeah. you, did you give the spirit space to speak to you and to challenge your heart? I love that it just... We've got some steps here. To yeah. Take. Be intentional about it. And it's not unspiritual to have steps that you're trying to take. It's quite the opposite. It's profoundly spiritual. No, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, uh, so on this time, when you read it through the second time, um, where maybe a word uh, popped out the first reading, um, the second time, I usually kind of look for a phrase. Again, I love the way you said it, that it's like the Holy Spirit's highlighter and mm-hmm. um, what phrase is kind of, and sometimes for me, that's like a phrase that doesn't make sense. You know, something like, um, if uh, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it dies, it remains by itself, but if it dies, it produces much fruit. Something like that might, I mean, maybe shorter than that, but something might kind of be highlighted, like, I don't know if I get this, or uh, sometimes it's the Holy Spirit saying, like, this is the phrase for you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a step that kind of allows you to put yourself into the story and see what the Holy Spirit say. Um, and then the next step is to read it yet again. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. This is where it gets good. Third time's a charm. It really is. Um, it's just another slow reading. Uh, but this time it's reading, um, and, and it's maybe less meditative, but it's reading for action. Like reading to say, uh, not just are, what are the words and phrases that stick out to me, but is there some sort of action that the Holy Spirit has for me? After I've put myself into this story. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm hesitant to even bring this up. But there are, there are opponents to the divine reading who say, you know, what you're really doing is you're just inserting yourself. And, it's, it, and it becomes more about your interpretation. And it undermines the authority of scripture. And I think the exact opposite is mm-hmm. true. Instead, you're, you're recognizing this is the inspired word of God. I need to read it. Take my time, reread it, reflect upon it, expect, if I believe that it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, then I should expect it to penetrate me and make impact, and I should be challenged by it, and I should be asking it, well, what then, Lord, would you have me to do? And investigating the scripture does not undermine its authority, it it acknowledges and respects its authority in our lives. Yeah, I think I, I love that. I love the idea. Uh, I had 
a spiritual director friend, and he always talks about, um, like, when we engage the Bible or when we read the Bible, he calls it chewing on it. And I used to kind of hate that phrase because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that sounds kind of gross. But um, but what I understand is that chewing is, is doing something for purpose. And so mm-hmm. I think it is, like, so good for us and so uh, true of what the Spirit wants for us that we would read with the thought that there might be action involved. Yeah. And, and um, it is kind of a gross image, yeah, but chewing is breaking things down into smaller, more digestible parts. Right. Because, right. because there is nutrient value in it and your body needs it. To fuel where you're going. That's exactly <laughs> what we're supposed to do with scripture. Absolutely. So don't skip step three. Step three uh, is the one sometimes I want to skip most, but is incredibly important. And then uh, the last one, uh, which at first was my least favorite step, but now is my very favorite step, is that uh, you would just sit in silence, uh, that you would just sit in the presence of God. Um, I've joked a lot of times uh, that I started setting a timer because I wanted to try to be silent for two minutes and then... Mm-hmm. I would get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger each day. Um, but what I've learned is there's something about the silence at the end that I've just spent this time in the mm-hmm. story that either made sense or maybe I have some questions or I've heard the Holy Spirit, you know, prodding something in me into action. And, and yeah. it just feels like a time to sit in that. Yeah, the, the soil of your heart has been till, tilled mm-hmm. and now it's ready for the seed to be planted. And that's, that's what the Holy Spirit does in that moment. That's it. Um, uh, the way I've often thought of that, that particular step is, uh, I heard someone, I, I don't remember who, um, talking about Lectio Divina. And she was explaining that for her, um, it's like wind chimes. She says, I sit on my mm. back porch and the, the Holy Spirit is wind. We know that from scripture, Numa, right? And as I study God's word, the wind of the spirit blows over it and um, it's different every time and it's beautiful every time. But because it's blowing over the authoritative truth of scripture, it's a different song, but it's always true. You mm, know, I love that. And we can misinterpret scripture. I don't mean to imply that we can't. Obviously we can. Um, but if the spirit is directing that process and we do it as a part of a community, we don't have to be fearful of that. Um, and so we, scripture has a song to sing to us every day and every day it's different. If we will be still and listen and receive and expect. Yeah, absolutely. So here are the four steps as you read through the scriptures. They, they, this is handy. They all start with R. Come on now. <laughs> you like what I did there? I feel, I feel, I feel a sermon <laughs> outline being developed. Um, here they are, reading, reflecting, responding, and remaining, which I think is the best of the R's. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> reading, reflecting, responding, and remaining. There we go. All right. Well, thanks, Lindsay, for walking us through that. Um, I hope you guys will take time today to walk through those four steps and let the Holy Spirit speak to you through his word. Let me close us by reading a prayer. Lord, our God, whose blessed son, our savior, gave his back to be whipped and did not hide his face from shame and spitting. Give us grace to accept fully, joyfully, the sufferings of the present time, confident of the glory that shall be revealed. Through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God, forever and ever. Amen. Let me reread that one. Maybe you can, since I fumbled that word. No, I, I said fully instead of joyfully. But it's really, it's actually a really vivid image. So, all right. Lord, our God, whose blessed Son, our Savior, gave his back to be whipped and did not hide his face from shame and spitting. Give us grace to accept joyfully the sufferings of the present time, confident of the glory that shall be revealed. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow for a new episode on our website at vineyardchurch.us or wherever you're listening to this podcast.